section one hundred and five of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter thirty four forgiveness to the injured does belong but they ne'er pardon who commit the wrong dryden it was with emotion that gertrude and lindsay met once more and both were struck with the change in each other's appearance for lindsay too looked as though he had indeed borne a part in all her sufferings and she was smote with the selfishness which had caused her so long to indulge her sorrow unmindful of the generous heart which had shared in it but if the brilliancy of her beauty was dimmed by the blight which had fallen upon her it had acquired a character of still deeper interest in the eyes of those who loved her her pale cheek like a white rose on which the sun hath looked too wildly warm is not this passion's legend the drooping lid whose lash is wet with tears a lip which has the sweetness of a smile but not its gaiety do not these bear the scorched footprints sorrow leaves in passing or the clear brow of youth i would first see you to acknowledge the boundless gratitude i owe for all your kindness to me said gertrude who was the first to speak and then once you asked me to forgive her who had injured me and i would not for then i was proud passionate revengeful but now i would go to her i would forgive her even as i trust i have been forgiven dearest gertrude said lindsay with emotion how happy this makes me but do not humble me by talking of your gratitude to me to have done less than i have done when the means were in my power would have been criminal if i have been enabled to serve you that is recompense more than sufficient i have borne a selfish part in your welfare for your happiness was mine in vain my heart has tried to create a separate interest it cannot do not talk thus my dear friend said gertrude in agitation ah gertrude since the same true and immortal passion has touched our hearts suffer me now to avow the sentiments which i have so long cherished for you no no not now cried gertrude in increasing emotion be to me all that you have hitherto been a friend a guardian a brother but she sighed and in spite of herself a tear rolled slowly down her cheek i will then said lindsay for he feared that the ties which bound them might be broken in the effort to draw them closer gertrude went to the house of the miss blacks and was received by them with tears of tenderness and thankfulness mrs st clair had recovered from the effects of the laudanum she had swallowed and it was now her determination to go abroad for the remainder of her life and in a few days she was to depart she talked much of you for some time said miss black and said she could not die in peace till she had obtained your forgiveness but of late alas since her health has been restored she has thought i fear less seriously and she has not spoken of you at all perhaps she may even be averse to see you 
and she went to acquaint her that gertrude was there some time elapsed before she returned and she said her sister had been violently agitated at the thoughts of seeing gertrude and had at first refused to do it but that she was now more composed and had consented to receive her upon condition that she came alone the room was darkened to which gertrude was conducted but there was a studied arrangement an air of elegant seclusion about it which at once indicated that the inmate was unchanged no symptom of penitence was there she was attired in an elegant deshabille and her fantouille her cushions her footstool her screen her flowers her perfumes her toys were all collected around her in the manner gertrude had been so long accustomed to see them and on the arrangement of which mrs st clair had been wont to pique herself as a combination of french elegance and english comfort for a moment gertrude felt a rising of disgust at this display of heartless selfishness but she repressed it and extending her hand said mildly i am come to offer that forgiveness which i once refused but god has put better feelings in my heart and i now forgive you from the heart as i hope to be forgiven i too have something to forgive said mrs st clair vehemently i have to forgive the cruel disregard the unnatural unrelenting violence with which you treated one who had ever been as a mother to you in all but the natural tie i had done all for your aggrandizement i had raised you from beggary and obscurity to wealth and greatness and it is you who have brought me to shame and misery and poverty and am i to have nothing to forgive i humbled myself in the dust to you and you was deaf to my prayers i told you that my life was in your hands that it did not pay the forfeit of your rash and inhuman conduct is no merit of yours have i then nothing to forgive but i do forgive said she extending the hand she had hitherto refused but with an air and manner of haughty condescension my wrongs and injuries have been great but i forgive them gertrude almost recoiled with horror from the touch of one whose mind was still so perverted and whose soul seemed to have been corroded instead of purified by the judgment that had fallen upon her but she meekly took her hand and said you say true mere human forgiveness is indeed a thing of naught more blessed to them who give than to them who receive but i pray o god do thou hear my prayer that thy forgiveness may be vouchsafed she turned and left the apartment she did not wound her sisters by repeating what had passed but her own heart felt lighter that she had been enabled to pray in sincerity of heart for heavenly forgiveness even to her who had wrought all her woe end of section one hundred and five